So ladies and gentlemen, it is finally time for the Emilia-Romagna Made in Italy Formula 1 Emirates Grand Prix. I don't know. It's something like that. It's a complicated name that we've got right here. <laughs> but you get the idea. It is time for the Imola GP preview and in this podcast and video, of course, we discuss the five things that we would love to watch out for for this weekend's Formula 1 Emirates Made in Italy Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix. I think I've got this one right. Let's get going. But first something rather special for you. Ladies and gentlemen, our discount code for the Puma coupons for the partnership that we're having with Puma Motorsport India is down in the description below. You, my friend, can avail a 5% discount on all the merchandise on Puma's online store. And seriously, I'm wearing some of this stuff and it really is insane. I love it. But (laughs) Kunal, where do we begin? So ladies and gentlemen, for those of you joining us for the first time, my name is Somal Arora. Joined by me, is Kunal Shah, ex-marketing head of Force India and currently the motorsport consultant for VS Sport Network. My apologies, I didn't do this before. I went to him first. But Kunal, so many good factors to discuss, right? So much intensity, so much excitement coming in. And the first reason why is just because of the place. It's Imola. It's Imola. So, so emotional, so exciting. You know, great to see Formula 1 go back to a traditional circuit, especially after... You know, the pre-season test and the first race being, you know, at, at the good old Bahrain, even though it's not a good old Bahrain, you know, it's it's <laughs> like we've, we are yet to see Formula One race, um, you know, at a circuit other than Bahrain or rather do laps in a, at a circuit other than Bahrain in 2021, right? And, you know, we are almost like a month into the season yet. So in a way, it's good to have a change. It's good to be at Imola, you know, traditional circuit narrow weight you got grass and gravel on the outside so track limits thankfully won't be an issue here hopefully i would say and just you know red bull uh, versus mercedes verstappen versus hamilton round two let's hope Exactly. That is one big battle up in store and we are seeing potentially a third candidate in that fight as well after looking at the free practice sessions. But we shall get to that in a little bit. Let's start with Imola Kunal. It, it's just such an awesome circuit. I know sometimes we can speak about Imola and it can, it can kind of feel like a bit of a drag because people say, oh yeah, the historic importance of Imola. And it feels overstated at times, but it's not. It's a circuit, as you mentioned, with great emotional significance and just on the whole, what a lovely track, right? We saw so many drivers pushing hard on FP1 and FP2, which has just concluded. And some big names, Lewis Hamilton, Yuki Sonoda, I think even Pierre Gasly, Esteban Ocon, Sergio Perez, Max Verstappen too, facing a little bit of issues, Carlos Sainz as well. All of them testing the limits and finding them out in the hard way. I think that just is the charm of Imola. It's not an easy track by any which ways whatsoever. And plus the track limits, right? It's not a tilted room. You go out there <laughs> and you get bashed for it. Yes, ask Nikita Mazepin, the biggest name to you know have started <laughs> and ended FP1 with a spin. And he literally ended FP1 in the barriers. But more about the drivers later. Talking about Imola, you know, brilliant circuit, uh, fast flowing corners, lots of high grip. I would say it's a very different characteristic to Bahrain. And I'm waiting to see how that sort of impacts the form factor between Red Bull and Mercedes and in, uh, you know, in the midfield as well. Another thing that we'll see is, you know, uh, for example, Bahrain has had a lot of wind, but Imola, the wind is, you know, definitely calmer. So, all the teams that have sort of complained of wind sensitivity would be happier to be, you know, at Imola. And 
you know, I'm talking of Williams and George Russell very specifically said that, you know, Mercedes has the same problem as Williams do when it comes to the wind, you know, very, uh, very bold statement to make. And, uh, you know, overall, Samuel, it's also, uh, you know, colder temperatures. We saw, you know, Lewis Hamilton being wrapped with the tire warmers to keep himself warm. So I presume that, you know, the colder air and track will also impact, uh, you know, form factor between all the teams. And we've seen how close it is, right? And uh, my mind goes back to the teams like Alpine, where, you know, in Bahrain, they said that they clearly struggled because of the warmer temperatures. So lots to look forward to. And to me, you know, one thing that will matter this weekend in Imola is track position, whether it's qualifying, whether it is race strategy, because the narrow, uh, you know, width of the circuit means that overtaking is going to be a challenge, right? And as a result of which, uh, teams will optimize everything to make sure that they have a more positive track position than before. Because, you know, if you lose track position, you probably are not going to get it back. Exactly. And what makes it even more interesting? Okay, it might take just a little bit away from the race in terms of the on-track action. Mind you, we have seen some great racing last year as well. So I doubt that's going to be a major issue, especially with the DRS zone extended all the way back to the exit of Rivadza now, which is the last corner, by the way. But what's interesting is that it puts a greater emphasis, Kunal, on qualifying. And as we've seen all the onboard laps coming in from the FP sessions, goodness me, they are absolutely fascinating. I mean, even the onboards from last year, apparently the 2021 cars are supposed to be slightly slower than 2020, but they were insane. And just the sheer sight of these modern-day Formula 1 cars rocking themselves around a Nimula at a classic old-school circuit that everyone loves, even on the sim, on the racetracks, in the real world, everywhere. It's just a fan favorite. I think that'll be some sight. But moreover, it also puts an emphasis on safety cars as well. Because it's so narrow, there's a greater probability of people tangling up together. And that, as we have seen many, many years prior in Imola, can be a bit of an issue. Because it's so narrow, you need that safety car period coming in. And that can have a real impact on strategy, you know, especially when finally it seems like Mercedes will have their second pawn also taking part in this whole structure. So essentially helping them out with a double game. Yes. And, you know, you mentioned Rivadza. I think it's 15 seconds of, you know, pedal to the metal time all the way from the exit of the last corner till the, you know, the breaking zone for turn two. So we and we've seen what the you know the 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 main straight sort of gave us last year during the restart there was huge there was a huge crash and uh, personally i hope it's a you know we end up with a safe race because of exactly what you said that you know it's a challenging layout it's narrow weight there's grass and gravel at play we've seen drivers uh, pushing the limits like they should you know and some really talented drivers like leclerc sort of found the barriers right so Overall, yep. I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a, a magnificent weekend, Sommel. And, uh, you know, you also mentioned safety car. I think it's going to definitely be, uh, you know, something that will be in the mix for for race strategy, because there, there is a higher probability of a safety car uh, at Imola as well. So lots to genuinely look forward to uh, this weekend, you know, apart from the great graphics that we've got for our video channel thanks to you and sundaram somil and uh, I, I i have to ask i know you started the weekend with a bang i know you saw the fp1 <laughs> session with mika hakkinen do you want to share some more thoughts of you know how the session was with mika yeah i know we're 
we're diverging slightly from Imola, but seriously, come on. Mika Hakkinen, man. That guy is just a bundle of charisma, apart from being one of the best racing drivers in the world. That baffles me. But uh, I'll, I'll filter this down, ladies and gentlemen. You, you all know about Mika. As lo- as, because you're listening to this, you know the stories of Mika, what he's been through, who he's fought, and what he's done, more importantly. But the one thing that you may not know about Mika Hakkinen that I got to know this weekend, today rather, for that matter, is that Mika Hakkinen goes by the motto of learning something new every single day. Yeah, call me boring. Call me someone who's systematic rhythmic and says, yeah, these are good learnings in life that we should speak about. But seriously, if you can inculcate that, astounding stuff. And look at where it's got Mika Hakkinen to, right? It's it's a tried and tested method. If you can, try and learn something new every day. And we've tried something with our graphics as well. Learning something new, that's just going by the motto. <laughs> but one interesting prediction that Mika Hakkinen made now, I don't know if this was diplomatically or what, because he's, of course, a brand ambassador for McLaren and he's working very closely with Valtteri Bottas, who he calls Valtteri Bottas in the Finnish accent. I, I love that. <laughs> but he said Bottas will be P1, Lando Norris for McLaren will be second, and Carlos Sainz for Ferrari, who's the next McLaren driver, will be third. Now, bold prediction, I know, it's largely due to him being a brand ambassador for McLaren and working closely with Bottas, as I mentioned. But... He could have a point with Valtteri, you know, because in this Red Bull versus Mercedes battle, Kunal, Bottas has turned out to be the one who's trumped everyone in free practice, topping both the sessions. I think that's a big statement of intent by him. What do you reckon happens here? Who, who gets the final deal? Because as we have seen now, Hamilton made a few mistakes. Verstappen couldn't get any running in FP2 because of his drive train error. All of a sudden, Bottas, who we call as a wingman and someone who's not good enough, uh, who had a decent race in Bahrain, mind you, just compromised by a bad pit stop and taking an extra pit stop at the end. He was very close to Verstappen and he counted that off. He could be in the mix. Could we see our second winner of the year not being Lewis Hamilton, but instead being Valtteri Bottas? You know, we'd all love for that. If the Drivers' Championship becomes a three-way battle, it's only going to be a treat for all of us. And, you know, one of the big headlines heading into the weekend was what Valtteri Bottas said, that he lost count of the number of setup changes they tried in the simulator for Imola. And at least at the end of Friday, it seems like all the efforts he and the Mercedes engineers put in to sort of find that sweet spot for for the Mercedes car, you know, seems to have worked. But let's remember, you know, drivers like Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, even Fernando Alonso, for that matter, leave a little bit of a reserve for themselves when it comes to the business end of the weekend. So it all goes to so, uh, to see if that reserve is enough to bridge the gap that we saw between the teams, uh, uh, you know, in the free practice uh, sessions, right? So at the end of the day, I'm I'm just happy if you know Valtteri Bottas is able to do what he's doing uh, because uh, you know I think he deserves to have a clean shot. You know, like you mentioned, he didn't really have a clean shot uh, in the race in Bahrain. And uh, since we are talking about uh, the race in Bahrain where we where he had a delayed stop, another uh, aspect which will come into play uh, this weekend, especially when it comes to uh, race strategy, is uh, the fact that the pit lane at Imola is actually one of the longest on the calendar. It's it's almost uh, 530 meters. So it's it's you the pit lane loss time when you drive through is about. 24.8 seconds and this stat is of course courtesy our friends at Mercedes but this is something that will come into play on Sunday as well Samuel. 
And that's going to be huge, right? Because in this case at Imola, people prefer track position. We saw that with a few strategies last year as well. And when given a chance in a case like a safety car, which, as we mentioned, is very, very probable, you would prefer to go for track position instead of making that extra pit stop. Because the two reasons, firstly, you lose too much time. Secondly, it's a long pit lane, man. And even the track is very narrow. You can't barely make any positions right there. That's a, that's a tricky factor. And that'll make it even more interesting. When you see the likes of Max Verstappen, who's barely got any running... And you want to see him make moves, make overtakes, knowing Imola, that's going to be very hard. But that's one of the other things, Kunal. That's just one aspect of it. We have more things to discuss. And one of the other things that we have to discuss, uh, what, what do we do first? Do we go to the midfield battle or do we go to the final uh, part of the grid where we see some really funny stuff happening every now and then? You can choose. So I'll choose a complete... You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to choose a completely different track, right? Uh, okay. And uh, I'm going to state another very interesting fact about Imola, right, which just came to my mind. So uh, the track layout actually is very similar for both cars and the motorcycles. Oh, and yes. the, yeah, and the difference between the two circuit configurations is just about 27 meters, right? So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's beautiful. I mean, uh, the very fact that, you know, you, you you can use the same circuit for multiple, uh, you know, premier motorsport categories in itself is great. And at some point, uh, you know, I'd love to uh, see a, a, a an F1 2021 versus a MotoGP 2021 track uh, attack happening. You know, those videos that we've all uh, sort of grown old to, right? Exactly. Yeah. But to go to your question, I think let's just dive into uh, Red Bull versus Mercedes first. And I'll be very honest why I'm so excited about that is... Uh, I really hope that it wasn't a one-off race that we saw them battle. I hope it's going to be for all the 23 races that are there in 2021 because, you know, I think more than needing a new winner, what at least I'm uh, missing out on is a genuine battle for the championship. So I'm hoping that we get to see that. And early indications from Red Bull, they are fast, they are confident, but they also seem a little fragile you know with different sorts of in issues cropping up to the drivers time and again and uh, Samuel I really hope that Max Verstappen doesn't have his Italy curse running this weekend as well so he's already had a retirement you know in FP2 and last yep. year he retired in all the three races held in Italy Monza, Mugello and Imola so I really hope that doesn't happen this year because uh, you know, any sort of unnatural deficit just takes away from the championship challenge, right? And, you know, Red Bull are in a place where they know they've got a fast car, right? And it'll, it doesn't do good for your morale if you've got the fastest car on the grid, but you're unable to win races. Exactly. That's the point, right? You want to see a battle. You, uh, it's all right to have new winners. It's It's fine. It's good. But then it'll be like, I, mean, I can't even say NASCAR because they still have good competition and new winners all the time. But that's if you like oval racing. I do. Uh, but the main point here is we can get as many new winners as you wanted. Shouldn't be a hot potato. You should be an actual fight for the championship. And we were also overjoyed when we saw Valtteri Bottas win in 2017. Oh, new winner we call. But if we get to see a fight with him for the championship after that. That's the main thing, right? That's where it stings the most. And I, I hope that instead of having, not instead of, more than having a new winner, as you rightly mentioned, Gunal, we need a proper fight. And for Red Bull Racing, 
it's not looking like good signs. Sergio Perez thankfully has come out and said that he'll be pushing on those tires just like he did in Bahrain last time out, which is which is a good thing for us. We get to see more enthusiastic racing, but I hope they're able to fight for the win. That's that's yes. the main part that I'm looking for. Among other things, that is. And there are quite a few other things to look out for. Mainly, ah, uh, so let's put a bet, ladies and gentlemen. Let's let's put a slightly funny thing right here. I know, we not not with the intention of degrading any driver, but we have seen two spins from Nikita Mazepin so far. Two in FP1. And uh, one of them was really bizarre. At the exit of Rivadza, the final corner, he put half a wheel on the grass and the gravel. I, I don't know. That's not something you should be doing because as, as a racing driver, right, you know the track limits. And that's a corner where you're particularly having a shallow entry. So I, I don't see a reason why there's a need to go there. I mean, signs in it too. But it's a very uh, it's a very absurd mistake to make. But he made it. And so that's up to... The counter is up to, I think, three accidents, right? Already without having a race so far. So how much do we end at, Kunal? Now, that's my question. Where do we end? Do we end at five? Do we end at four? Or do we keep it at three? What, what's your take on this? You know, I'm glad he went through FP2 without a spin, right? And uh, <laughs> I'll put it this way. I thought it would be more difficult to predict how many race wins Lewis Hamilton would have by the time he retires, right? But clearly <laughs> predicting how many spins Nikita Mazepin is going to have is 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 tougher. Uh I don't know. I think I think at le- I'm going to write him down for at least one more spin this weekend, right? At least one more. I'm being a little nice to him because a few people, especially Lucien, wrote to me think, saying I'm being very unfair to the driver, right? And uh, and the best way to summarize Nikita Mazepin is to quote what Gunther Steiner said. He said, "Yes, we are going to learn. We are going to learn all year." And I really hope that we don't keep spinning all year long. Of course, it's not verbatim, but that's the essence of what he said. And and to double down on that, I'm sorry. Uh, I I hope Nikita really improves. But I found this really funny that F1.com recently posted out a video of his spin in FP1. And it's not me who's saying this, guys. It's actually F1.com who said that watch Mazze spins spin. Not kidding. (laughs) I'm not saying the exact term, but the massive spin part is real. Not kidding. I don't know. It's baffling. Uh, maybe when the gra- once the graphics are improved, maybe we can show you exactly what the tweet was next time on. But incre- incredible stuff. And the Aussie commentators as well, apparently, coming up on Twitter, said that uh, they found a silver lining. They said that they applaud his consistency. <laughs> he's ended the same session. He's ended the session in the same way he started it. So that's a plus. But enough on Nikita Mazepin. Enough on that. What I'm really keen about on a serious note, Kunal, is the midfield. Because... Uh, there is a few unusual things in Bahrain that we saw that really could translate out into some good learnings and good things to watch out for for Imola. And one of them is a big sign of confidence from a team that we didn't quite expect to be at the very top of the midfield. And they still aren't, but they're getting there. And for Dowry. Now, one thing, ladies and gentlemen, that you might be a bit perplexed about from Bahrain was that Yuki Sonora finished second in Q1, but ended up being knocked out of Q2. Now, I was scratching my head. I was thinking, why is this happening, man? Yuki Sonoda just finished second. Why on earth is he knocked out of Q2? And plus the fan favorite element as well. I love Yuki. But the actual reason for that, Kunal, was that Yuki Sonoda was on hard tires. And Alpha Tauri, they haven't gone back and said, yeah, we made a mistake. I think we should have gone for the soft in that case. No, they've come up and said, we'll do this again and again and again. We keep on trying this because they've got so much confidence in their car. They believe that they can get past Q2 on their hard tyres, giving them the strategic advantage in terms of what tyres to start on for the race. 
and then they save the softer tyres for the qualifying. I think it is baffling. It's just a big vote of confidence. What do you expect for them in Imola? Because if anything, that's a big sign. That's a big sign of intent from them. That is. And, you know, they've had a fantastic session uh, at uh, Imola. Home race for them. Their base is just about 15 kilometers away at Feinza. And uh, more more than anything else, uh, Somil, I love this confidence that, hey, we've got, uh, uh, you know, we've got a brilliant uh, package. We will back the package. We will trust that our drivers will also figure a way to make the package work. We will not compromise on race strategy. And, you know, even somebody like a Checo Perez had the same issue, right, that, he could have sort of used the softer tire to get into Q3 in, in uh, Bahrain, but he, of course, got eliminated in Q2. And even he stepped up and he said, yes, we should keep taking this risk and make sure that we have the right tire for the right, uh, for the race. And, uh, you know, and basically the drivers are putting the pressure on themselves to, and this is positive pressure of performance, right, to sort of be able to drive to the team's goal uh, in terms of strategy. And I'm I'm really excited to see what happens because the Alpha Tauri looks really quick. It feels really quick. And to me, uh, the the midfield is going to look a little different. You know, I have a feeling it's going to be Alpha Tauri and Ferrari up there. McLaren just about there, even though it's, you know, we've seen McLaren in the Formula 1.2 class uh, in Bahrain. And and uh, I think Aston Martin's going to be uh, a bit of a struggle. Sebastian Vettel, you know, he says he needs more time, but that's going to be it. But you know, typically the for Q for qualifying, I think it's going to be if George Russell can get out of uh, Q1. Uh, you know, it, like you pointed out just before we recorded, Nicholas Latifi actually went quicker than George Russell in FP2. So that's yeah. that's going to be a story, and I mean, wonderful story to track if at all it happens. And then, you know, Mick Schumacher saying that they can target Q2 as well uh, with the car and the package they have. So lots uh, lots of stories to come up in the next 24, 36 hours. Can they, though? I don't know. I think that I, I like to see confidence, but not this much. I don't think Haas might be able to do that. But as you mentioned, Kunal, uh, a good point is that Williams, early on, as you mentioned in the show, Williams do like a track like this one. I'm keen to see what happens. And seeing Nicholas Latifi do well, maybe ahead of George Russell. I don't know, man. This seems like a very interesting thing to track. And again, Alpine coming up with recent updates. They're lacking tents in relation to their rivals, but that's still going to be one very interesting thing to watch out for. And another quirky thing from Bahrain that we didn't quite pay a lot of attention to was that Kimi Raikkonen actually outclassed Giovinazzi all weekend. It's Alfa Romeo's home race weekend. And I won't say that they are the strongest here uh, by any means whatsoever, but they've made a good leap from 2020, Kunal. They're being backed by a big ray of confidence as well. I just think that there's something so positive about the midfield battle for this race that just makes me want to tune in. And I think that's what live sport should be all about in the end. Yes, I think the midfield will entertain as will the front of the field. Uh, you know, the Imola Grand Prix is going to be an absolute cracker. And, you know, there was one issue that Formula One as as uh, overall faced, okay, uh, it, at Imola, and that was the loss of radio communication, which is when, which is, you know, one of the reasons why Perez and Ocon came together and, and so on. Drivers were, you know, the teams couldn't reach their drivers as, uh, as much as they would have liked to, uh, you know, uh, uh, via radio. So I don't know if this could be another element when it comes to the race uh, strategy. 
you know, with regards to keeping drivers abreast with what's actually happening in the race situation. So guys, lots to watch out for. And also to watch out for uh, on Saturday morning is going to be our pre-race newsletter. So, you know, welcome to yes. have you guys read that. So check this out. The, I've put up uh, an idea or a link to that in the description, as you can see on the graphic right now, if you're watching the video format. And we've got some loads of good stuff for that. Exclusive articles, videos, fun stats about each and every race coming up as well. And also a brief insight of what to expect from the Inside Line F1 podcast and Bits to Podium. And you know what to expect. We're coming up with a big contest with Puma Motorsport, as I mentioned early on. The discount coupon that you can avail for a 5% discount is down below in the description too. Sorry for that big shake-up of the camera right there. But what's even more interesting is that we're coming up with a special mega contest for Monaco. So keep your eye on that one. And also, folks, one stat to leave you with, just uh, one, that, one that can make you think a little bit before we go, is that there have only been two people in the entire current F1 grid canal who have actually taken pole position here at Imola. Kimi Raikkonen and Valtteri Bottas. So, that is courtesy of Nityanand, who's written our stats preview. Link to that in the description, as always. But that leaves me intrigued. And before we go, Kunal, finally, your predictions. Uh, I'm putting you on the spot here, I know. <laughs> but who are you back to win this race? Mika said Valtteri Bottas. I think I'm actually going to go for... Uh, Lewis Hamilton, I don't know. I just have a good feeling that whenever he makes a mistake early on in practice, he ends up winning. <laughs> Firstly, I have to say that's a brilliant find of statistic by Nityanandan. Thanks for sharing it with everyone, Somil. Uh, my prediction is going to be with Max Verstappen. He is going to bite and he's going to bite hard. He knows this is what it is. And, you know, the momentum has to shift uh, and I don't think Red Bull and Verstappen want to wait till the next race to be, yep. you know, like, okay, now our package has worked overall. They want to show this weekend that that's it. This is it. This is where it works. And, you know, Mercedes, you know, just before we end, Mercedes has said that Red Bull actually have the advantage when it comes to fast and flowing corners. So technically, this is a Red Bull circuit. And I'd love to see Red Bull and Verstappen up uh, on the top step of the podium and Checo Perez along with him somewhere there. He's got two spots. He can choose either of the other. <laughs> Should be interesting. Mercedes finally saying that Verstappen has evolved into a more mature driver. And folks, that is one conference, one uh, vote of conference from Mercedes. Speaking of conference and predictions, if you are confident about your predictions, I know I'm plugging in a lot of things, but that's just all the good stuff that we're doing, right? Support us if you like what we're doing. Our Grand Prix Prediction League is on. Links to that in the description too. You can participate. You can win big vouchers and big stuff coming up at the end of the season. And you would love to. But that is that for today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I'm glad you joined us to listen to this. I'm glad you joined us to watch this particular episode. And if you have any constructive comments, anything you liked, you didn't like, let us know down in the comments below. And Kunal, as always, thank you so much for being a part of this one. And genuinely, I'm pumped up for this one. Likewise, Samuel, I'm pumped up for this one and I'm pumped up for our post-race episode. So... I said if yes. Samuel is plugging in so many things, I'd rather just plug some more as well because I know all our listeners and viewers absolutely love our content. So great to be doing this uh, on you know on a race weekend. We've literally waited three weekends to do this, Samuel. Yeah, exactly. Let's not wait anymore, ladies and gentlemen. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the race, and we shall see you on Sunday. Bye bye. Bye bye.